Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You are now rocking with the best. You are rocking with the best. You are rocking with the best. We're live. Okay, cool, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in to the place where sports opinions collide. Welcome to another edition of Dead End Sports. Uh, Like I said, the place where sports opinions collide. If you're watching us live on YouTube, we definitely appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to our channel, youtube.com backslash dead in sports. More importantly, tell a friend, pass the word, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, we're back on the air again. A lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, we will not be doing it alone. I got my partners in the building. My man, BZ430. What up, though? What up, though? What up? What up? What's going on, Kyle? What's going Repping on? the Lions with your shirt on there. I see you. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm lounging around. I wear this shirt a lot whenever I'm in my chill mode at the crib. So okay, okay, okay. I'm just relaxing, maxing and relaxing. My man Ken, what's going on, Playboy? Feeling and relaxing there and acting all cool. I'm doing the same, man. Just it's been a crazy day, a, a good day. Um, real quick, I want everybody to head over to SoundCloud.com slash Runaway Jukebox, listen to the show that I am a guest on, um, schooling these young fools, man, <laughs> you know, uh, telling them that music sucks uh, nowadays, and, and, you know, we had that whole generational conversation. It's over two hours. It's really good, but he um he has a show note, so if you guys wanted to skip over all the nonsense he was talking about, Major Key, you can um, but I pretty much was on the whole hour uh, lending my opinions and thoughts everywhere possible. So, uh, so I check check it out. It was it was really good, man. B listened to it this morning, and uh, he said some pretty, as always, he said some pretty crazy things on there. But doing my best, man, to, to help the okay. little out. And give give that give that address again. Yes, yeah, uh, you can just go to runawayjukebox.com. And it will be there, but I'll, I'll also add a, a link in the in the description so you guys can check it out. Okay, but, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's kind of like what you were doing yesterday, I think, Kyle, arguing with Q. About, <laughs> so, and, I mean, I don't know why they're trying to school us. What, you, what was you arguing with Q about? Whatever. Well, you know, we, you know, we were having a discussion, and I think um, because yesterday actually marked the uh, – the 28th anniversary of Straight Outta Compton coming out. And um, I had 
sent out a tweet just talking about my memories of buying that album. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when Q came on, and I think Q was saying something about, uh, like, hip-hop started dying in 99. And, and not really realizing that, you know, in 99, you still had some great music. So it kind of started from there. We were just talking about that, going back and forth. You know, the typical, you know, old school, son of these young bucks, whippersnappers. <laughs> but but it, but it's, it's, it's always good, I think, especially when you're talking to cats like you who can really – you know, who listens to the music now but still has an appreciation for stuff that came out years past, like the day we were talking about Machiavelli and, and stuff like that and, and just having that appreciation. And, you know, it's it's like I was telling him, I, I, I can understand why people listen to some of the music that they listen to now. I just don't know that, like, the music that my kids listen to, I don't know that 20 years from now that they're, <laughs> they're, go, they're not going to want to listen to. You know, I can still pull out straight out of confidence, so, and I still do, so... Hey, 28 years later, still kicking. Emma Dove Half-Life is turning 20 next month. Yep, yep, and that's what I'm doing on my podcast, too, uh, featuring, um, I've done about eight or nine of them now, featuring uh, just guest features of, just podcasts about music that dropped 20 years, classic, well, I don't want to call them classic, but great albums from 1996, so if you haven't had a chance to check out my podcast, check it out, uh, 12 Kyle Podcast, you can find it, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, everywhere. Um, the most recent one was on Beats, Rhymes, and Life. That was two weeks ago. Uh, that came out uh, 20 years ago as well. So it's, and it's kind of mind-boggling when you think about it, because some of these albums, you don't really see them as 20 years old. But when you think about, right. you know, Illadelph Half-Life, you think right. about It Was Written, um, Reasonable Doubt, uh, Stakes Is High. Yeah. And I mean, like, if, if you look at the time frame, too, and I, I know we're going to talk sports, but even if you look at the time frame, if you look at Reasonable Doubt, It Was Written, Stakes Is High by De La Soul, those we those albums came out on back to back weeks. I mean, can you imagine the pressure of dropping an album? <laughs> right, free, that kind free of... internet where you be like, oh man, you kind of forced to buy all three of them. Mm-hmm. And shit, you know, eleven eleven ninety nine, twelve ninety nine per CD. That that was coming out some bread, man. You you was coming hey, out some bread, spending some. We spending money. Yeah, this was yeah. this like, was the pre internet, the pre download, pre streaming. You couldn't era. stream an album before you bought it. <laughs> you pretty much brought it straight exactly. off of the singles. Or the strength of how much of a fan you are of that artist. That pretty much that's why you was buying it off of. Can't tell you. Can't agree. You had to make life choices. Oh, like yeah, you had to make life choices. Oh yeah, no question. You did. Like, you really like did. I was telling somebody today, I, I bought albums. I bought some albums on the strip of, strength of the album cover, and I caught some L's for that. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's what. So yeah, we'll definitely um we'll definitely keep you guys posted. And for those of you listening, like I said, Ken's gonna put that in the. Uh, in the notes and everything like that. So we're talking uh, a little bit about everything. I mean, we got some basketball talk. We got some NFL talk. Of course, we got Major League Baseball talk. Um, we're going to have some boxing talk. And, um, of course, we're going to finish up with one guy to go. And um, our boy FIFO is coming. He's on the way. And uh, at some point, B will leave the show. And uh, our boy Q, the sixth man, is going to come on as well. So uh, we got a packed field show tonight. want to thank everybody for checking us out. Uh, if you're on YouTube and watching us, make sure that you jump into our chat room as well. Um, big news over the past week, man, uh, <laughs> in a move that actually surprised me and a lot of people, man, Russell Westbrook has re-upped with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I, I was Personally, I was surprised that it happened. Not that he did it, but at the time in which he did it, um, I think it's a, it's a three-year deal where he's, he's extending the contract that he currently has He's going to get a raise. I think he goes from like 18 to 24, 25 million, something like that. And um, 
it's the it's the player option I think after the so it's not a long term deal, but nonetheless he made a commitment to OKC. Um, B, what what was your take on on West, Russell Westbrook? Were you surprised and and how do, how do you feel about him? You know, re-upping with the OKC Thunder. Um, yeah, I think I think surprised and confused because I don't know if y'all remember about remember like about three weeks ago or like around the time when Kevin Durant made his um decision to to sign with Golden State Warriors. How they were saying like you know yeah, well, Westbrook is not going to sign an extension. So if I was you know if OKC if they were smart they'd try to trade. Remember the trade rumors started coming up coming about after uh, Kevin Durant had made his decision to go to Golden State because. You know, pretty much they were looking like, well, they started from square one. Kevin Durant gone. You know, so if Westbrook going to leave, he ain't going to sign an extension. OKC might as well try to trade him and get something for him. That, 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 those rumors and speculations was going on a lot, like a lot to the point to where I thought it was actually believable. So, you know, when I, when I heard that he signed the extension, I was like, wow, okay, so I guess he is going to kind of stay. I guess, he, I guess Westbrook is looking like now this is my team now, so – this is a chance. What did he sign? A three-year deal? Two-year deal? Three-year deal? Do you remember? Three. Yeah, three-year. So I guess he's kind of putting it on the hands of the organization saying, look, I'm going to give you all three extra years, try to build something to where we can compete and, and probably hopefully fight for a championship or be competing in the NBA Finals. So that's how I look at it. I'm looking at Westbrook and saying, all right, okay, see, you see Kevin Durant left. I'm staying. I'm sticking with – you know, I'm sticking – with you guys, so front office try to make it happen these next three years, and let's compete and try to make a run. Because they, I think, even with, with just Durant being gone, I think they they still a playoff team. They're definitely still a playoff team. I think we right. in denial to say that they're not be stupid to say that they're not a playoff team. Going, I mean, on paper, still they still look like a playoff team in the West. Because let's let's be real, the West this past season didn't look as dominant over the East like they normally do. Because I think the AC in the East had almost pretty much identical record as the Detroit Pistons as the AC. So, you know, I remember before you'd be like, well, damn, a team in the East, you know, a one seed in the East can be like a five seed in the West, but not so much this season. The West wasn't very dominant looking this season as far as the standings. So, you know, I still think – I like I like it. I think Westbrook is going to go off this season, to be honest with you. I think he's going to go off. And I think – you know, I just like I said, I think he's putting it on the front office to put him that, put him a, a better nucleus around him, or maybe make some more little moves to kind of make OKC that's a championship contender team. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? What was your uh, initial reaction when you heard that Westbrook had re up with uh, OKC? I was shocked. I I didn't expect it. Like when I saw the news break. Um, I I just it just completely caught me off guard, and I kept looking for reasons why. But you know, I think what what B just um, discussed mentioned is 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 key, man. I, I think Westbrook finally has his team, and he has something to prove. He's extremely competitive. This is well documented, and um. And, and why go anywhere else? You know, this is your squad. You're going to give them a three-year window to build the team around them. Um, they already have some pretty nice pieces on the squad. Anyway, they got Victor Oladipo. There's no Kevin Durant, but, you know, he can, he can get them, what, 15, 17 a, a game. You know, Westbrook can take care of the rest. We know Westbrook could get you a double-double in points and assists. 
So what if he go for thirty and ten or twenty five and and ten or eleven? You know that's you know almost fifty points right there. <laughs> you know, and we know what Stephen Adams has proven he can do, and it's just a matter of filling out the rest of the team. You know what was interesting is now they don't have well they got Cantor, they have Stephen Adams, they have Oladipo, they have Westbrook. And I guess Singler played three. I don't know. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I think it's Westbrook, you know, he's looking at his future, man, and he realizes and he knows that he can do this by himself. He did it by himself with players that, if I recall, were not as talented as the ones he has now. You know, as far as the roster overall wasn't as good as it, it is now. Um, or it was right. that they had this year. They just lose Kevin Durant and Abaka, but Abaka was a shell of himself in that system. And there was something else that I thought was really, really interesting. And it's something that I will definitely pay attention to because it's not something that's thrown around a lot, especially by um, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant said that Westbrook reminds him a lot of himself. Jordan, Jordan, don't, don't Jordan, Jordan said the same thing. Jordan said it too. Jordan, oh, Jordan, shit, maybe, maybe, maybe I got my thirty years ago. Huh? Jordan said Westbrook is him thirty years ago. Oh, okay. So it was Jordan. See, Kobe, Kobe, you know, stole Jordan game so much. <laughs> I'm getting them mixed up. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan, man, like that's that's high praise, and. If Jordan is saying something like that, that he reminds him of himself 30 years ago, I'm assuming, and I didn't do any math on this, that that's before he really learned how to win in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Imagine if Westbrook and Billy Donovan, you know, talks about uh, Westbrook's, you know, IQ, but imagine if all of that comes together. Billy Donovan turns into the guy that people, you know, think that he is or that he can be on the NBA level. Look out, man, because Westbrook is a force of nature. You know, he still has some things. You know, he still plays extremely fast, but right now he's giving you a double-double. You know, a couple of switches, you know, changes here or there. Coaching by Billy Donovan here or there. <laughs> right. they'll have. You know what I'm saying? But I think it, it shows a level of dedication by Westbrook, and it shows dedication that he's like, look, I'm, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And it's almost like a middle finger to, to Kevin Durant, too. You know, it was like, you left the franchise, and I'm going to stay here. I'm going to give them a chance, and uh, we'll see what happens. I want to do this by myself, and we'll see what happens. I, you know, you, you go chase go, go chase the ring with, with, with the light-skinned twins, and I'm going to stay here. <laughs> and and that's, that's, that's what you decide to do. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was extremely shocking because everybody thought that he was going to leave, but I'm sure he looked at the lay of the land and realized that this probably is the best situation for him uh, for the next three years. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, uh, I, I was much like you guys. I was surprised, um, not shocked, but I was surprised because particularly now, because it, like, like B said at the beginning, there was rumors about whether or not there was going to be you know, he could possibly be traded. And, I mean, let's just keep it funky. I mean, if OKC gets rid of Westbrook, I mean, who can you really get an equal value? Nobody. You know what I mean? So, 
I think when it got to the point of them trying to decide and then he made the decision prior to OKC making a decision, I think that shows in good faith that he's at least committed, at least in the short term, to stick around. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I also thought that, uh, and, and we'll get into it in just a second, you know, his comments about KD and KD's, not so much as KD's decision, but his decision and how he found out about the decision, uh, you know, that's that's a little something right there. Um, but I think I think you make a great point, and I think, you know, this is his thing. And, and, and when Jordan made those comments just the other day, I thought, like, one, it was major props for, you know, Westbrook, and then it was also kind of like a little shade at LeBron. You know, LeBron said he was chasing the ghost. And Jordan says, well, hey, this guy right here reminds me of me. He's I, I've never heard him say LeBron reminds him of him. But you know, they're not the same type of player. They're not the same type of game or anything like that. Le- LeBron may go down as probably one of the most physically dominant people that we've ever seen play the game of basketball, with the exception maybe of Shaq. Um, and even – LeBron is very dominant, even in his own right, in his frame and his size and everything. So, um, yeah, man, I was surprised. I was surprised. I'm happy for the fans of OKC because I, I think losing Durant and who they lost Durant to had to be, you know, a huge, you know, blow for them. And I think, uh, you know, getting Westbrook back and Westbrook is going to put the pressure on the franchise to, you know, make sure that they come through and, and bring other players around him. Uh, word on the street is that. They're going to try to make a play for Blake Griffin. I think if you can get a player like that, you know, that's a one-two punch. Westbrook, you know, this, like V said, this is still a playoff team, even in the West. This is still a playoff team. Um, This is a team that is still going to be in the mix. You know, are they a threat to San Antonio or Golden State? Probably not, not without KD. But at the same time, I wouldn't put anything past Westbrook, especially if he can stay healthy. Watch out. Yep, yep. I, I didn't think about that, Kyle. I didn't think about Jordan taking a jab possibly at at LeBron. That's really interesting. I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit more um, about him chasing the goal. You know, Ken, that's the first. And I mean, I don't know if I'm being petty, but that's the first thing I thought about. I'm like, because and think about it, because just last week we were talking about LeBron's comments about chasing the ghost, and he was talking about chasing Jordan, and then. Westbrook re-ups last week, I think like Thursday or Friday, and, you know, they get a quote from Jordan, and that's the quote that he gives, that he thinks that Westbrook reminds him of him. You know, a little, little shade at LeBron, maybe nothing major, but a little shade. And, and then also, you know, Jordan's a uh, – I mean, uh, uh, Westbrook is a, a, a um, Team Jordan guy anyway, so mm. what is worth? Maybe I could just be reading into things. I don't know. <laughs> Never know, though. in me. <laughs> Um, but now as far as Kevin Durant, of course, Kevin Durant right now is playing with Team USA uh, basketball uh, in Rio for the Olympics. Um, I thought it was interesting. You guys tell me what you think. The Ken, I'll start with you. The fact that Russell Westbrook said when he was asked a question at his press conference about when he heard or how did he hear about Kevin Durant uh, going to Golden State, he said, he, he said, quote, I found out just like y'all did on the Internet, social media, so forth and so on. Um, did that surprise you, Ken? And did Kevin Dur- do you think Kevin Durant owed Russell, Russell Westbrook a phone call? It did surprise me um, that he found out that way. I do think he, he owed Russell Westbrook a phone call. They have been 
planned together for years. They had a professional relationship. Um, you know, this decision was a big decision, and it impacts obviously the upcoming season. And of course, Russell Westbrook's free agent decisions to follow. Um, we already know that that has since been settled. But yeah, man, I think just just and just off GP, man. Like, come on, man. Like you can't. Like if I've been rocking with you for for some years, and man, we we've been to the finals. We've been trying to chase this this ring, man, and and we were this we were one game away, and and you make a decision, and I found out in the media, like that's almost <laughs> as bad as the decision. Right. When you when you really think about it, not as bad. Well, well, yeah, in, in the sense that the organization, by comparison, the organization. What I mean by that is that the organization in Cleveland didn't find out that LeBron was leaving until it was mentioned on on television. You know, granted it was it was a bigger stage, this, that, and the other, but still, like the player what the players tribune, I think is where he dropped it at. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it's just as big. Like people are dropping these bombshells and here you are, or here I am, if I'm Russ, and I'm just chilling, going through my day, man. And then all of a sudden my phone go going off or they on hoops hype or whatever. And then this is what you see. This is how you find out? Right. Come on, man. Like, nah, bro. Nah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Russell, like, try to undercut him at one point. He's he's going to give Kevin Durant a good hard foul when they play each other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I'm just playing. But, yeah, man, I do think that just, just out of professional courtesy uh, and, and scrap all that, man, just out of just being boys. You know, I've been playing with you. I've been in a battle with right. pitches. Yo, man, you can at least shoot me a text. You can shoot. What are they big on these emojis and shit? Like he could have did some emoji stuff that he. Come on, give him something. <laughs> Don't let the dude find out the, 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 the peace same. emoji. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, man, I don't know like that, dog. Like, nah. nah. And then you go to the Warriors? Hell no. I would have been blowing Kevin Durant's phone up. <laughs> right. Oh, that's funny. Peace emoji. <laughs> if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but when LeBron, because I'm, I'm seeing some chatter in the chat room, when did he let D? Because I know D Wade and, and Bosch didn't know what what he was going to do leading up to the days. But did he reach out to them? Just I'm just curious. I I'm, I can't remember if he did or he did. Do you remember B? From what I remember, I nobody knew. Uh, I mean, I thought I thought he lo- I thought he spoke to D Wade before. I mean, I don't know about the organization say, but I think he spoke to D Wade and Bosch before then. I went well. Maybe D Wade. He may not have hollered at Bosch. But yeah, I can see him. I mean, texting D Wade at least. Okay. But I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if that's ever been made public. Because yeah, we got a couple of people in the, in the Dead End Sports chat room right here on YouTube that they did that he didn't know. So hmm, that's interesting. Oh, man, Phil's about to go up. Hmm. Yeah, I can't remember. 
Yeah, I don't either. Uh, my man Malcolm Wilson in the chat room said he said Wade said in his interview that LeBron didn't tell him. Uh, well, I, and here's the thing: I think now, and I'm just going off of what I can see, and of course we don't know. I mean, obviously, when you play ball with someone, you you know you get develop you develop relationships and and a, a, a closeness. Um, I would venture to say, at least on the outside looking in, I think LeBron and D Wade are closer than Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook are. Now, again, I don't know because I'm not with them, but just from from a distance, that's the way that it would, would appear. I would feel, and I think, and I don't know, D Wade may have felt some kind of way that LeBron didn't tell him. You know, but I mean, they're still boys. I mean, they're still cool. They're still taking vacations and stuff like that. So, you know, I think whatever the situation is, at some point in time, they'll they'll talk about it. Um, I don't know. I think <clears throat> I'm just different. I think that did he owe him a phone call? I don't know if I use the word owe. I would have called, but that's just me. I would have called him. I mean, hell, I might have sat face to face with him, been like, yo, man, this is it. I'm, you know. I'm going to do and I think Russell would have appreciated that a little bit more as opposed to finding out, you know, like everybody else, you know, if he's like B, B said, if he found out via phone or, you know, Facebook or something like that or Twitter, he's probably like, man, this dude old sucker. Now, again, you know, that's everybody handles things differently. But I think, you know, he probably he probably called him a couple MFs <laughs> under his breath or something. So I don't know. What about you, B? What what what, what do you think about did Do you think that? he owed him a phone call or should have called. Yeah, I think so. I think he owed him at least a phone call of anything because you've been going to war with this dude like what, for the past eight years, you know what I'm saying? At least, you know, like, yo, man, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to kind of lean towards the planet Golden State. Yeah, yep. but, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and that's it. Like, it shouldn't even be like, oh, no. I don't know, man. Like, if, you, if you've been doing this with that dude for that long, that's just some. That's just a man thing to do. Like, pick up the phone and call him, hit him up. Like, yo, same thing if LeBron didn't. LeBron hit up don't D Wade. Yo, you know, wife kind of want to go back home, man. I think I might have to make that move back home. <laughs> same, thing with, man, same thing with this. Blame it on the wife. wife. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, look, that's been rumors saying that the wife wasn't happy in Miami. She wanted to be back in Cleveland, back at home, right. family. So, but you know, we still see. Uh, how this is going to play out throughout the season because, you know, the OKC versus Golden State game is going to be very interesting um, coming into – damn, Phelps won. I'm sorry. That was close as hell. Woo, that was close. But, um, yeah, man, just like I said, just on some man stuff, man, like where's the principles? Call him up. Let him know that I'm going to be going with Golden State. I'm not going to come back next season. You know, other than I wish you the best. You know, by if they if they were cool. See now this is this is starting to stuff gonna play out when this season as this regular season play out because now people starting to question were they really cool to begin with? You know, of course when Kevin Durant made that heartfelt warming speech and you know, Westbrook, I love you, man, I love you, man. You're one of the best teammates, man, I love you. They, you know, they call me then. <laughs> you said what? I said they call me. Right, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you you doing all this heartfelt stuff, how much, you know, people always rag on Westbrook, but you the first one to have his back. I love you, man. I love you. I'm crying, showing tears. I love you, man. But call him. Like like he said, call him up. Let him know, look, I think I'm going to take this situation to go to state, you know, da-da-da-da-da, blase, blase, whatever you say. Okay, wish you best of luck. Pound. Keep it moving. That's all you had to do. That was simple. What's the worst that's going to happen, man? Like, seriously. 
just man up and let your your right hand man or your sidekick or whoever your your one of your best teammates that you probably gonna ever play with, let them know. Yo, I'm I'm move, I'm going to another organization. I think this is the best situation for me to win. Damn, this is Michael Phelps. This that was intense. Well, that was an intense race. Yeah, it was. Hey, Kyle, I think you're on a delay over there. Yeah, Kyle, you like you like it's like you broadcasting in Tokyo or somewhere. It's like a super. <laughs> Oh, what up, FIFO? I ain't even see FIFO up in there. Damn. Hey, FIFO, did you get invited for fantasy football? Bruh, um, I saw you text me the other day. It says I'm in, then I'm in there. FIFO, what up, man? Check it, bro. Yo, what's good, Kyle? What's good, bro? Chilling, man. Can't complain at all. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, it's been two weeks since I've been back, or since I've been back, and you guys have been. On the air, uh, week before last, man, uh, Comcast issues, man, and internet. <laughs> all so good, I I got all that good. Resolved. Um, you know, shout out to Apple and their products. Uh, got me an Apple router, so got that oh. hooked up. A lot, lot more stable. Nice. Now, uh, up, up, upgraded the speed and all of that. Um, and then last Tuesday, man, I was driving back from Charlotte. I thought I was gonna be able to make it in time, but you know how it is when you deal with your chick and family and all of that. It, it just what you have set plan, it, it just does not work out that way. So it's all good, man. It's all road. good. But it's good to be back, man. I miss y'all. Definitely, definitely. Glad to have you back. Uh, you know what? Before we ask you tonight's question, um, let's let's back up to last week. Um, what was your take on? On LeBron's comments about chasing Jordan, because we didn't get your we didn't get your perspective, you know, given the fact that you weren't able to join us last week. What what was your take on on LeBron's comments about chasing Jordan? How did how did you were you surprised when you heard that? And, and what was your overall, overall take on it? I, I wasn't. I was surprised that he was that public with it. I'm not surprised that's how he feels because I feel if you play basketball, there's always a measuring stick, and that measuring stick is Michael Jordan. And I, I, I don't have no problems with the greatest players in the game comparing themselves to the greatest of all time. I have no problem because that's only going to make you greater. Um, but I also think that that's part of the reason why he'll never be overall touted as great as Jordan. Because mm -hmm. there was plenty of players to come before MJ, and he didn't say that, you know, I'm trying to be better than his like, – he never necessarily mentioned any guys by name like that. You know what I'm saying? He, he didn't really mention Dr. J like that. He was like, yeah, I was inspired. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking what he's doing and taking that to the next level. Um, so, so the myth of MJ that just – the fact that he was so cutthroat and conniving and sinister and killer, that, that goes to that character. And the fact that <clears throat> it seems like LeBron always wants approval, is always seeking approval, goes to the, to, the, to, to the, way that, the way he addressed that and why he said what he said. So to answer your direct question, am I surprised? Yes and no. You know, okay. um, I... I I just wish that when it came to these hypotheticals, that LeBron would take more of a gangster approach to it. 
you know, because he's always too real. And the thing that I've learned, especially in this job that I'm doing now, is you can't be that real with people because not everybody can handle it. Everybody, you know, there's there's people that's going to go fly off the rails. There's people that's going to take it at what it is. But for the most part, all you're going to do is just get criticized. And if you just keep right. it extremely gangster with it, then all you can say is, damn, he's gangster, and that's it. He, he thinks he's the best, and that's it. He's not necessarily chasing anybody. You know, so from that aspect, man, I just wish LeBron would, would stay quiet. But I understand because if I was in the same position the way I am, like if you ask me a question, I'm going to tell it to you straight up exactly what I'm thinking. I'm not, I'm not going to hold it back. I'm not going to think about what other people are going to say about it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm very, I feel, um, objective. Like I, I'm, I'm not like too high or too low on anything. So I, I feel like that's what LeBron was, was doing. He was 100% honest, but people won't see that as weakness, man. And, and, and that's what they've already labeled him, you know? So I, I just wish he would stay a little bit more quiet, a little bit more gangster. You know, he's friends with Jay-Z. Jay, Jay-Z knows how to uh, uh, operate and move, and move through these type crowds, man, and, 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 and handle speculation and all that type stuff and being mentioned as the greatest you know, just just go out there and prove it. You know what your resume should speak for it. You know, I don't think that you should be out here saying that you are chasing the ghost of Jordan. Just be like, you know, I'm out here being the best basketball player that there is, and leave it mm-hmm. at that. Because what is somebody gonna say to that? And then let everybody else speculate if you taking shots at MJ or not. Because at the end of the day, can nobody argue that you are the greatest basketball player for the last ten years? Right. Well, Rod can, but... <laughs> oh, of course he can. Of course he can. Of course he can. Oh, man, I miss Rod. That's fire. Oh, man. Okay, so and we, we brought on our, our homie, man, the six man, our boy, one half of uh, Off the Bench. Q, what is going on, Playboy? Yeah, what's good, Kyle? What's up, man? What up, Kyle? Uh, man, chilling. No, man, we're just chilling. I just got up doing a review for uh, Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad with the guys over at Hardwood Hangout. Just cool. Okay. That's what's up. All right, so since we're just getting rolling, let me let me throw this out to Q and the FIFO. FIFO, I'll start with you. Uh, uh, me and B and, and Ken have already talked about it. Uh, your thoughts on Russell Westbrook re-signing with OKC and then give also give us your thoughts on um, whether or not you think Durant should have at least, you know, shouted him out, sent him, you know, called him or something like, give him a phone call to say, hey, I'm leaving. What was that first part of the question again? Russ at OKC? Um, your thoughts on whether or not, your thoughts on Westbrook re-upping with OKC? Um, you know, I, I think that that's fine. I think that that's the safest move because this is going to be part two of Russell Westbrook's career. You know, because he got so much hate at the at the beginning of his career. Now that he has ascended, and now that him and KD kind of split, this is going to make him more endearing to fans, more fans. People are going to give Russ more the benefit of the doubt now. He's no longer going to be portrayed that villain that I think he was once portrayed as Kevin Durant's sidekick. Uh, I, so, so I think for him, this was probably the best overall move, maybe not um, maybe not the best basketball move 
because I definitely think there's other spots that you know he could have maybe forced his way to in a trade or signed via free agency next year. But um, but I think that this is what superstars do. You you don't always take the easy road. This is the harder road. This is the harder path. And I think this gives Russell Westbrook the opportunity to measure himself as you know, one of the greats, because um, in recent comment, Michael Jordan was comparing, you know, his tenacity to that of Russell Westbrook, and I agree, and right. we'll see if Russ can really truly lead a team by himself, you know, and the numbers suggest that he can. When he doesn't play with KD, the man is damn near averaging a triple-double scoring 30, you know, so so can he parlay that into wins? Because I know that's what Ken's uh, rebuttal is to the triple-double Russell Westbrook, you know. Does that translate into o- Oklahoma City winning? But now they have, no, they have no choice but for it to mean wins, you know. Um, and then from the KD perspective, right. look, man, you, you were there since Russell Westbrook was drafted. You know what I'm saying? You... For for that franchise, you 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 were the guy. You you were kind of the big brother to everybody. So you know, I caught the tailwind of what B was saying. You know, just being a man about it. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have to be necessarily the best of friends, but bruh, I ha- I respect if I respect you as the great basketball player that you are, even beyond you know the teammate thing. Me and you. Just need to be like, yo, bro, uh, like, I'm going to move on. Like, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to mm-hmm. do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think KD, maybe outside of Nick Collison, owed nobody else no other phone time. I think that the big, like, if you are that big of a man, you would have called all your teammates and let them know. You know what I'm saying? To, to, to just so everybody would know. But the only person that I feel, or maybe two people that I feel that he should have let known, obviously management and coaching staff, but people on the team, Russell Westbrook right. and Nick Collison, because they, them two guys was there from day one. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, like, you three are, two out of the three were original Seattle Supersonics. Like, like, let, like y'all go back that far. And then Russell Westbrook was there day one. You know what I'm saying? So, I KD definitely owed a conversation to Russ. Even it doesn't matter how long it was. It could be two minutes to five minutes. It could be thirty minutes. It that's irregardless. Mm-hmm. He had to talk to his co-pilot, man, and be like, "Look, bro, like I, I gotta move on. I gotta do X, Y, Z. Like I just feel like this is a better move for me." You know, and, and just keep it moving and keep it moving. But like B said, man, I think it adds another layer of drama um, to that rivalry because let's get it right. It's a rivalry even though KD switched sides. Um, yes. And it's going to be even more heated. And, I, and, and I'm just excited to see Russell Westbrook unleashed. You know what I'm saying? Because now we're going to pass to Victor Oladipo. Like who else is going to get more than 15 shots on that squad, man? So, so it's gonna be on Russ, and and I think that sometimes <laughs> Nobody. when you put that type of pressure on great players, it forces them to be even greater. And I definitely think Russell Westbrook has the makeup, physically and mentally, to take his game to another level. So I'm just really excited and interested to see how he does that. What about you, Q? What's your take on Westbrook re-signing, and then also? Uh, whether or not KD should have at least, you know, given them a phone call. 
Um, very simple play, man. Uh, I think I'm very, I'm kind of indifferent on it because I don't really know if Russell's gonna even. I don't know if he's gonna be there in three years. Like with Russell, this team is constructed to either be boom or bust. You know, you see, you have Victor Oladipo. That could be po- po- like possibly the most athletic backcourt in the NBA because both of those guys are out of this world dunkers. Then you have a rising star. I don't think I would rather have any younger center in the NBA than um dude in the um, what's his name? Man, I forgot his name. Um, Adams, Stephen Adams. Yeah, Stephen. Any Adams. center, twenty two and twenty two and younger. I I I don't want any other center but him, because I think he's gonna be a superstar, man. I love uh, Stephen Adams. Um, then you just have a whole bunch of you know plug in guys and. This this team is either going to be elevated by Russell Westbrook's individual greatness, or we're going to be right back where where we were uh, before he re-upped, talking trades. Personally, I wanted to see him like just take his free agency talents to New to New Orleans and keep team up with AD. Cause I think that should will be the best like like the best team in basketball with that combo. But he re-upped. He's back with his with his coach. He's gonna he's gonna try. And we have to just keep an eye on if Russell's triple doubles will lead to wins, man. Um, a lot of people were very mesmerized by what he did. I kind of looked at it, not from Ken's like view, oh, this was useless. But at the same time, you can understand why someone might say that because that team was stripped down to bare bones. People were hurt. KD was hurt. Ibaka was hurt for more than half that year. Waiters just came to the team. He didn't have his feet under him, and now that guy's gone. So you have a team of guys who I think he's going to get a lot of assists to. It's just a matter of one part of Russell Westbrook's game. Can he become a better three-point shooter than what he is? I'm not saying become Steph Curry. I'm not saying become elite. But can he become a better three-point shooter? That's going to make this team boom or bust because Victor Oladipo and him are not very good shooters. So him and Oladipo, what's up? I love you, bro. But I see you're a baby Ken. I, I, I see you're a baby, <laughs> baby Ken. Ken. Look, man, I, I agree that it's one thing, but I don't think it's three-point shooting. I think that it's poise. I think that it's the poise that is going to be the catalyst that makes them either successful or out of the playoffs. It's it's poise. It's are you talking about like IQ having, and decision making? like the passing decision making, not IQ, because yeah. Russell Westbrook has high IQ, yeah. but it's decision making. Like when when to know to force a pass, when no, when to take an easy pass, time and score, making the right play, not the hard play. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think at times Russell gets ahead of himself because he knows he can't be stopped. And sometimes it's it's a mental thing. It's yeah. it's not a physical thing anymore. It's a mental thing. Mm-hmm. It's poise. And I and remember I said it against Golden State. It was it wasn't gonna be KD it. It was going to be Russell Westbrook's poise because KD's a score. Those guys are gonna have nights that. They just turning the ball over. They 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 can't they can't find the hole. Yeah. But as a point guard, 
that you're going to have times like that too. But when it matters most, you can't have those type of mistakes. You have to, and not even just offensively, defensively, because mm-hmm. yeah. Russell cheats a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so because it's his pure, it's his athleticism that can get him by on both sides of the ball, and it's kind of hard. Like, dude, like growing up in AAU and all these places, you see guys who can just coast because they're just faster bigger and stronger than everybody else. So when it's time for them to make the easy play, they're just like, fuck it, can't can't nobody stop me? So they go to the cup and they try to take it into two big men, and you're just like, why are you going up and trying to go in on two big guys? Instead, just pass to the open shooter. That's Russell's biggest problem. And I think that's what, uh, like, I think that's what led to KD leaving, is he felt as though that Russell had met his mental ceiling. Now, it's all, and it's really up to Russell to show that that was just a fluke and there's another level to his cerebral game because that's what Chris Paul knows how to do best. That's why people think he's the best point guard is because Chris Paul knows when, when it's time to start spotting up for threes and taking it in the hole and when it's time to just feed Blake and DeAndre. He knows that, and that's what Russell Westbrook's biggest weakness is. And wrapping up, I do think, KD, it, it would have been nice that – he gave him a phone call. I don't know if he owed him one, but it would have been nice. You know, um, there's really no loyalty in sports, regardless if it's on an organizational level or a player level. But you do owe certain guys certain calls. In my estimation, he should have just said, yo, man, um, I have to leave. This is for my own personal growth. I appreciate everything that, that we've been through. Peace. That's all he had to do. Instead, he pulled up. he pulled a Braun. He just dipped, and that always leaves fans and owners with kind of, kind of salty. So this is going to be all on Westbrook, man. I don't think we're out of the Leah Woods yet of him being a, a Thunder for most of his prime, but for right now, he's a, he's, a, he's a Thunder, but please know that if they miss these playoffs, he has the most trade value in the NBA. Of course. And, you know, I, I wanted to touch on something, too. I think that you know, you, you mentioned okay, you wanted okay. to see him go to New Orleans, right? Yeah. For me, I think KD and Russ, they're too similar. You know what I'm saying? And they're both, obviously KD more unselfish, but Russ is too selfish. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why LeBron and D-Wade could work together, because they were unselfish and obviously their relationship off the court. Mm-hmm. I think for Russ to prosper in a duo setting, right, or even a big three, Mm-hmm. He needs a big man. That's what I said. He needs an Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. He needs a DeMarcus uh, Cousins. He needs a big man. Because, because a big man understands how to play off of guards, even if they're score-first guards, because you have to get fed the ball. You're not coming out here on the wing breaking dudes down from the three and again to the rack. No, you're posting upsetting screens. You play off the ball inherently by position. That's what Russ needs. He needs a guy that's a big man, that's a dominant big man. Love Steven Adams. I think he's a compliment to KD Russ type of dynamic. But if you're going to move forward with Russ, I think that you have to upgrade either the four or the five for, yeah. for Russ to be your main guy. He can't play with another wing ball possessive player. If he plays with another wing guy, he has to be an off the ball type of guy, more so than KD. You know what I'm saying, but what do you think um, about the Blake um, the rumors of Blake? You think that'll work? You know, it's interesting. Um, 
I tell you this, that that's the most explosive one four combo in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I don't know. NBA history. You know, yeah. You know, because you can run pick and roll, Blake can 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 push the rock. I like the move because it gives them another person that's a playmaker. Because when you look at that roster now, you have Victor Oladipo that's a decent playmaker. Yeah. Russell is a great playmaker. And then who else? You you really don't have much many many other playmakers on that squad. So if you get a Blake Griffin, he can create plays. I like that for them. I just think AD is the most logical move because you have defense with him, and Russ can cheat on D if he doesn't yeah. really want to do it because you got a rim protector behind him and a guy who can sit in the corner and shoot spot up for three. So that's the best combo in the NBA, I think, if they did that. And I yeah. hope that that was going to happen, but not anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. Him and Anthony Davis are definitely complementary. Uh, the other big man I mentioned, DeMarcus Cousins, I think he could definitely play with DeMarcus. Um, you know, th- th- there's a couple other ones, but definitely those two come to mind first. Definitely, definitely. So we, we're definitely going to see uh, how this thing is going to play out. Now, speaking of KD, uh, there's been some talk. I, I heard uh, Steve Kerr on an interview, I think, with ESPN radio the other day, and he was talking about uh, the notion of Kevin Durant being a villain. Um, Ken, what what think about that? I mean, like, do you view or should be viewed as a villain? Absolutely not. Um, he tried that before. It doesn't come across genuine. Um, I understand that, you know, Kevin Durant at the time was tired of being called the good guy. Uh, passive, too nice, and he tried to change that image, um, you know, with his beef with Stephen A. Smith and Stephen A. Smith threatening him on air. Um, But overall, man, I I think people want Golden State to be the Miami Heat, and I think we have to let that go. Um, Golden State will never be the Miami Heat, and what I mean by that is that when LeBron went to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, they brought a level of attention to the NBA that hasn't been that hadn't been seen in a while. They were really villains. Right. People hated the Heat with a passion. The Warriors are coming coming off a storybook season the year before when they won the championship. And then a historic season last year when they were one win away from a championship until their historic collapse. <laughs> and people love the Warriors. They have been in love with the Warriors for the last two years. There are people that are excited that Kevin Durant is with, you know, the, the, the Warriors. And I think it's more people excited than more people against it. Um, but you have some purists that are out there that, that, that don't like it. But the fact that they had a lot of people supporting them and liking them for the last two years, they'll never get to the level of hate that the Heat had. Remember, people hated LeBron. Right. Before he even went to Miami. And when he went to Miami, that just sealed the deal. It was a wrap. And then things started to change as soon as he won a, a ring. 
and um, the mood towards him starting to lighten up a little bit. But for four years straight, it was nothing but Miami Heat hate. And we saw a little bit of that when he was in Cleveland. Um, I don't see the Warriors receiving that type of attention because people don't hate KD. And 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 that's the difference. Yeah. Good and point. People wanted KD. People actually thought KD was going to be the next LeBron. People were actually saying that he was going to be in the net in a few years after he went to the, the finals, the best player in the NBA. And he was like second. And I still think he's the second best player in the NBA um, behind uh, LeBron. But people loved him because he wasn't LeBron. And going to Golden State, nah, don't, don't you know, it's a PR move. You're not going to sell us, as, you're not going to sell Katie as a villain. People already liking the guy. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm, I'm not buying it, man. I, I see what they're trying to do, but nah, I'm not with it. I, I, nah, it's not going to happen. What about you, B? Um, your take on this villain talk is do you view Kevin Durant as a villain? No. As a more of a fake thug. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Man, you, you're crazy, man. <sighs> man, more as a damn fake thug, man. You know, you know, Ken, you was so right about the whole... That whole Stephen A. thing, how he tried to play, how he tried to be so tough. Even just, even leading up to that, how, like you said, the media was always calling him the nice guy, and then all of a sudden he started being like assholes towards the uh, the media and everything. He, he he tried to get his Barry Bonds on, man, towards the media, and that didn't work quick. We we saw through that so fast. Like, dude, come on, stop. Get your fake thug pretending ass on somewhere. Like, Doug, you're not tough. You're not a tough guy. You know what I'm saying? Stop it, Kevin Durant. No. I don't believe that. I don't believe that tough guy stuff that he's trying to portray. I don't know what he think, who he think he is, but it's it's corny. It's it's flat out corny. But yeah, that's all I think. I don't believe in that uh, his, his toughness. If he is gonna be tough, he better take it out on on the court this upcoming season because guess what? They coming for him. They coming right. for him and the rest of his light skinned crew. They are <laughs> light skinned crew. Yep. Q, what about what about you, man? What what's your take on KD being viewed as a villain? Um, those who view him as a villain most likely never liked KD in the first place. Um, people who say he's a villain are people who are most likely OKC fans. People who say he's a villain are most likely fans of teams that are scorned that, that they didn't pick their sorry-ass team to go to. And it is what it is, man. I mean, shit. I, I would be mad if I was a Boston fan. I'd be mad if I was a Heat fan and he didn't choose us. I, shit, I'd be mad if I, was, if I was a Knicks fan. He didn't even take a meeting with us. So fuck KD if I was, if I was them. But um, as a Sixers fan, I'm not mad at KD at all. Um, as just a fan of people who decide their own destiny in the NBA, I'm not mad at KD at all. Um, so for him to be viewed as this villain... He's tried to go that route, just like you all have so eloquently stated. Um, he's tried to go that route. He's tried to stand up for himself more. I think he was more misunderstood in that than anything else. I think he was trying to be, you know, he was, he was, he was trying to stand up for himself more because the media was really trying to dog him out, saying that he was uh, soft and how he was passive. And I think that got misconstrued to him trying to be 
like tough with people. And I think he just ran with it for a little too long. You know, like I think he lived long enough to see himself become a villain. And um, I don't think he's naturally mean. I don't think he's a natural villain. But those who do view him as that most likely have a reason to not like him already. And it's most likely because he went to the Warriors and picked that team. So, nah, KD, you're not a villain. You can try to be that person, but that's going to make teams go at you ten times harder. If I was the Warriors, best thing to do is be nice as shit to everybody all season. Just be nice as hell and coast your way to the finals. You don't want to put man, no you know battery damn in well, the Man, you know damn well the Warriors out there stunting on cats. They're not going to be nice. Man, no, because it's <laughs> no, it's Draymond asphalt. Draymond had to go and call LeBron a bitch. Yeah, now that's and the they, villain. You see what Draymond happened. is the villain. Yeah, and Draymond, <laughs> Draymond is out dick pics on Snapchat. Like, nah, oh, dude. No, 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 Draymond. Oh, Sit your ass weird. down. Yeah. They, they, like, Ooh. really, like, they need to, like, him... Just be nice to the refs. Be nice to everybody because you you see you try to be the villain, the Warriors, and you saw what happened. You put the battery in LeBron's back, and you went off on your ass. So just be nice. Give cookies out to the refs and all that shit. Just don't do nothing. FIFA, what about you, man? Your your take on Kevin Durant being viewed as a villain? You know, I think Ken hit it. Uh, everybody hit. It on the head, but but can't hit the sledgehammer, and he went first. Um, so for me, man, I, like with KD being number two, he is the anti-LeBron in every sense, even the move, right? Like LeBron had a special to announce where he was going, right? And it wasn't a place that people expected him to go. It was random mm-hmm. as hell. I now now this is going to be on YouTube. And I know Ken, Kyle, and B can all stay. Who said that KD was going to Golden State? And how long ago did I say that? I said that. Uh, you said it the week that we talked about it. Yeah. I said it a while ago. Yeah. I said it a while ago. And with that being said, everything that KD did was so anti-LeBron. LeBron was a villain when he made his move. KD's no villain. This is so anti-villainous what he did. Because um, he could have truly spurned OKC and had a special on TV, prime time. Hey, I ain't coming back. I'm about to go join the light-skinned boys, the Splash Brothers out here on the West Coast. Right? He could have did that. He could have made people hate him. He could have left Nike. He could have did a lot of things. He could have made a lot of his stuff public, but he didn't. He's been the anti-LeBron. He will always be the anti-LeBron. I don't think that we're ever going to see KD the villain. Now, he may be a villain in LKC, but that'll be about it. There's nowhere else. that. And you know what? OKC being the type of fan base they are, they might cheer him the first time he comes back. They just might. They just might. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting it past them. Now, I, and I'm not going to get on them for booing him. You should definitely boo somebody that was once your own and you had the eventual uh, uh, Western Conference champs th- down 3-1. And then you go join. Right. They deserve to boo KD. But if they don't, I understand that as well. Because y'all wouldn't, y'all wouldn't be nowhere without KD, Russ, and Sam Presti. Let's be honest. That that was the that was the real big three. 
that was that is that was the real big three. So well, all that being said, man, KD is not the villain. Steve Kerr's approach to handling the situation, KD's approach, and, and I guess he has a really good distraction with the Olympics, so that way he doesn't have to directly answer to this right now. You know what I'm saying? By the time he gets back, it's going to be so close to training camp. Of course, they're going to ask him. Right. He's going to deflect. Yo, I'm getting ready for the season. It's a brand new change. It's this, that, and whatever. So we already know the rhetoric. We, we already know. He is anti-LeBron. Whatever LeBron does, just opposite for KD. Hopefully he gets some chips, but it's going to be opposite for KD, man. He, he's no villain. He's no villain. Yeah, I agree totally, man. I don't. I, I think, and I put it in the chat room, I said, the real villains in the NBA don't exist. Like the old villains we remember, like Bill Lane Beer and, you know, Rick Mahorn, guys like that. Those are the villains. Um, I think I think most most importantly, I think Kevin Durant has always been viewed as a good guy. So, you know, people may not like his decision or where he chose to go, but I think ultimately, I mean, he's not a guy who's ever gotten in any trouble or anything like that. Um, it's good fodder for sports talk, you know, but – He's not a bad guy, so I, I don't. When I think villains, I think of bad guys, I, and I understand, you know, it's it's you know it's something to talk about. And here it is, you know, we're in the middle of we're in the, I'm not the middle. I'm sorry, we're in the beginning of August, and you know, we're talking Golden State. So uh, I understand why Steve Kerr said it. He's trying to protect his players, but no, you, you know, they're going to go in arenas and get booed just like they did last year. And I think, but the difference is, I think. Last year, people were even people who weren't Golden State fans were genuinely impressed with what they were doing as as they made the run for the the streak. Um, but you know, all of that's gone now. They're not the champions anymore. So you know, the championships in Cleveland, and they got to go to Cleveland to take it. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I want to jump over to some baseball talk. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, a guy who is <laughs> a lot of things, depending on who you ask, uh, announced his retirement after 20-plus years in Major League Baseball. Uh, of course, you know Alex Rodriguez, um, home run hitter, uh, steroid user. Uh, he's got a lot of things. Like I said, it just really depends on who you ask when you speak of A-Rod. Um, so I'll start right there. B, your take um, – what do you make of Alex? If someone said, "What do you think of Alex Rodriguez?" What's like? What comes to mind as you think about his storied twenty-plus year career? First thing I think of Alex Rodriguez is, "Damn, he made a lot of damn money." <laughs> Dude made a lot of freaking money. That's the only thing that stands out for me when I think of Alex. All the big money contracts. Then he signed for like almost like a quarter billion con. He signed for like two quarter billion contracts. Like dude, it's, it's freaking crazy. Dude made a lot yep. of freaking money, man. A lot of money. But you know, of course, it's always gonna be somewhat tainted because you know he used steroids. You know what I'm saying? So, and I've said this before. If you let one into the Hall of Fame, you might as well just let them all in into the Hall of Fame at at this point because they they were talking about considering him being a Hall of Famer, and it's like. But y'all sliding Barry Bonds, even though it's nothing was, nothing was, nothing. Barry Bonds wasn't guilty of, of of using steroids. You know, even though we might look at him physically and be like, Nah, bro, you doing something. <laughs> right. But at the same time, he didn't get caught. He never, he never got caught. You know, whereas Alex Rodriguez got caught. You know, he got he he admitted it. 
So now it's like now you look at all the numbers, everything he did at the te- as a Texas Ranger, uh, you know, going to the Yankees. It's like I don't know, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Dude made a lot of freaking money as a baseball player, and hopefully dude don't go broke anytime soon. But yeah, I think he said this is his last game. I know people was talking about he might. You know, play for the another team or whatever. I I don't see that happening. Um, that would be crazy if he ended up playing for somebody. I think he just might end up being like a advisor for the for the Yankees or something like that. That's about it. FIFA, what about you, man? You're what 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 do what do you think about a Rod and his career? You know, when you first asked the question to be, I was like, okay, what's the first word that's gonna pop into my head? And the first word was sad. It, 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 it's sad. Um, because I remember way back when, I agree. before any allegations or anything like that, I told myself, I'm like, man, if they find out that this guy, like, if he's cheating, then, like, baseball's lost all credibility at this point. Then will Rafael Palmero, you know, like some of the guys you really thought were clean, out of all of them, A-Rod, because A-Rod came out the gate balling. You know what I'm saying? There was never no super increase or nothing like that. Like, it was, A-Rod was balling from day one. So, to find out right. that you was on step, I'm, I, it was just sad, man. It, 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 it's, it's just sad because you could have went down as the greatest shortstop to ever play. You know what I'm saying? Or third baseman because, you know, he moved halfway through his career, you know what I'm saying, to third base. Um, yeah. But either way, he could have been. He was he better than Jeter. Mm-hmm. He he could have went down as one of the best overall <laughs> baseball players of all time. You know what I'm saying? Really top five. And for him to cheat his own legacy the way he did, I just think it's so sad because he was one of the, I don't want to say few, but he was one of those that you knew he didn't need that stuff. Right, man. right. When you look at Griff, he ain't need that stuff. There's some guys that don't need it. He didn't need it. Like, to, to, to do what? And I remember when he first did the Barbara Walters um, interview, he was talking about he felt the pressure from mm-hmm. that Rangers contract. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of get that, but, but why cheat? Why cheat? Like, for me, I've learned in my adult life that fear is a motivator. You cannot allow it to consume you. You have to allow it to motivate you. You know what I'm saying? And fear of failure is what should also motivate you. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think he took the, 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 the punk-ass route out, and he cheated. And, and, and for me, that's just so sad because there are – plenty of people that maximize their talents and they will be nowhere near as great as you. And all you had to do was stay focused and, and, and stay motivated and you would have been the all-time great that right. you were put on this earth to be. But now you tainted that. You know what I'm saying? And and that's what's sad. That's what's so sad for me. No doubt. No doubt. What about you, Q? Your take on A-Rod? Um, first the word that popped into my head was dope. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Um, I don't know, man. Like I'm a casual ba- a baseball fan. Last time I really watched baseball was October 2008, and <laughs> simply because the Phillies was going to the World Series, and um, that was it. I was like, okay, I'm I'm riding. 
And then I think it was the next year too where we we uh, faced the Yankees and um we lost that one, but it was still fun to see of us. Of course, of course. I mean it happens, but you know I can't everybody when we got people like everybody doping on the squad, so it happens um sometimes in sports where you learn that your heroes turned out to be a villain, and you know there's an article where I was reading about this guy who proposed if baseball really doesn't care about people using steroids, then perhaps they need to just regulate people doping. And I was that that and that's a pretty interesting idea to just even read about. But it's it is sad, like like people have said, because as a casual fan, I have a Rod's rookie card. Like, I think it was his like his um what is what what the fuck did they call that shit? Um Right before they go to the league, like his minor um, league. Yeah, I, I have I have his minor yeah, league. Triple A, triple A, triple A. Yeah, I, yeah, and a triple A pack, and I, and I and I was like, man, this guy's gonna be that. He's he's gonna be that guy. So all my cousins, all my uncles were like, yeah, this guy's gonna gonna be the truth. So for him to be the best at his positions, and then you learn that he had help. I'm conflicted because I'm like, yo, if we don't care about Bonds, then why do we care about A-Rod? But at the same time, it's like, should we care about both those and all the people who cheated? It's right. a, it's a inner, it's, it's an inner conflict, and it goes back to that video that y'all did, where like, can people still be the best of all time if, if they're doping? And that's what we, we really, where we really need to have a conversation about steroids and do they even have a place in sports? Because we have just this stigma of no, keep them out all the time. But the thing is, though, is that if you're asking guys of every sport to be able to go back to back and throw their shoulders out and get right back to form or tear an ACL and re and rehab right for the next season, then maybe we do need to have a conversation about can we have some monitored, you know, I don't know. Um, but A. Rodman is it was a good career that could have been astronomical. But it's been grounded in taintedness. So respect to what he did before right. he just. But you know, it's sad, man. Um, Kyle, I, you're gonna have to help me out a little bit here, man. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember Ken Griffey, obviously. Right. And I remember A Rod, and A Rod came four or five years or so after Griffey. But when yeah. I was in high school, yep, A Rod and Ken Griffey were them dudes, man. Like they were black folks, black the black community, the African American community. They loved them some Ken Griffey, and they loved them some 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 A Rod, and mm-hmm. A Rod. Before all of the dope allegations came through, I mean, this this dude was the truth. That's why he signed that that ten year contract for two hundred and fifty two million dollars. Now, I think the surprising thing is that a lot of black folks, black boys, <laughs> growing up, didn't try to pursue baseball a little bit more after seeing that type of money. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because that was a lot. It was unheard of, and in sports, period. Yes, it, it was. It was crazy. But the numbers he was putting up, I mean, it was. It was. It was. Because I remember when, because they were on the same team, Griffey and and A Rod, they played on the Mariners, 
And and I remember when he signed with the Rangers, I didn't I didn't like it because I liked that they were on the same team. And you know everybody, you know I remember I would tune in just to watch them hit. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember all of that. Then he went to Texas, and we know the contract, and he was still putting up numbers. But you know um, it, it, it. I think the the weight of that contract really started to to change how we looked at a Rod. Um, and I have to look at the baseball reference. I can't remember. He's been playing for 22 years. Um, yeah, but 22 years. I know that when A-Rod went to the Yankees, you know, it became this big thing, right? And I remember one of the things that come to mind, going back to the question with A-Rod was in the playoffs, he never showed up. He was ghost. It was Derek Jeter that always saved him. A-Rod was absolutely horrible in the playoffs. And people used to always question whether or not he had it. Because like you said, B, Derek Jeter on the flip side was putting in that work. Yep. Oh, yeah. He was putting in that work, man. Derek Jeter was scary when the when the game was on the line. When it was playoffs. When it was playoffs time. Oh my God, man. This dude I don't oh, know no how question. he did it. He he was he was he was the MJ of, of freaking baseball, dude. You know you know what it is, Ken? It was and we, we used to hear this a lot, you know, pre ring LeBron. And I'm not comparing LeBron to A Rod, but you know, people would always say Jeter's clutch. A Rod's not. You yeah. Know, like you, that word clutch other than LeBron, that word was always associated with Alex Rodriguez. Um, and you guys know me. I'm a diehard Yankees fan. Um, so when I got the news that, you know, he was retiring, and I, and I knew, and it was the rumors were swirling that the Yankees, because let's keep it real, what the Yankees are doing is actually cutting him. They're cutting him, but he's going to stay on as an advisor because we're still on the hook for the $27 million that we still owe him. And when I say we, I say the Yankees. Um, but like FIFO said, man, it's it's bittersweet because and Ken, you you took me back because when you when you were just talking, I just remembered you're right when those guys came in because there's like I have to go back and look at maybe about four or five window between A Rod and and Junior, but those guys were the I mean people spoke of them as being the next Willie Mays, the next Hank Aaron, like these guys were gonna be the guys who could go get some of those records those baseball records that people thought never would ever be touched. And they had the skill set. And then they were young. They were mad young. I mean, I think A-Rod, I think Griffey broke into the league in 19. And I think A-Rod might have been 20, 19 or 20. So, you know, it's – so for me as a fan, man, it's bittersweet. Uh, I, you know, my Yankees are going through a transition, and it's, it's unfortunate for us because I'm so used to seeing us winning. And now we – I'm not going to say we suck, but we're mediocre and we're building for the future. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I agree with FIFA, man. It's, it's bittersweet. That's the first thing. I mean, that's probably the best thing I could say about A-Rod. It's bittersweet because he had so much potential. And I think if he never got involved with steroids, I mean, he'd be he'd walk into the Hall of Fame. I mean, because he, both he and Bonds, I mean, they now to me, Barry Bond, and you got, we've talked about this. I've, I'm one of the baseball fans that I knew and baseball knew what was going on. So I'm not 
of the mindset of, well, you should put these guys and put an asterisk by their name because baseball knew what was going on and they didn't care. So I don't understand how they expect us as fans to care. Hey, so hey, um, Kyle, I'm not ask you really about what well, he's on steroids. Let's keep this guy out. Let's keep Paul Merrill out. Let's keep Clemens out. McGuire, all of these guys. I don't care. I mean, because baseball knew. So it's my thing is if if you know and you let it go on, then you know, hey, and that's not to absolve a Rod or Barry Bonds, but Barry Bonds was the best play baseball player I'd ever seen in my life, and that was prior to him getting on steroids. So and yeah, I guess he can't raise his hand. So I mean. It was uh, is bittersweet because, you know, we we can only talk about what could have been. And uh, a Rod, like like B said, he made a lot of money, man. I mean, he lost money, you know, the year that he was banned from baseball. But I mean, twenty seven million a year. And like Ken said, the Rangers contract. Keep in mind that was a two hundred and fifty million dollar contract. Nobody in any sport was getting paid. I think. You might have had somebody in basketball getting like ten, fifteen million, something like that a year, but two hundred, a two hundred fifty million. And, and keep in mind, baseball, it's guaranteed. Nope. It doesn't matter if you break no your neck. It doesn't matter if you, yeah, you, t- you tell your ACL. Just like uh, we got the news earlier. Um, on side note, Prince Fielder is going to have to retire uh, because of uh, he had neck surgery and it's like some type of degenerative neck injury. And he's labeled disabled, if you will. And um, but he's retiring, but he's not retiring because baseball, if you retire, then you void your contract. So he ain't gonna retire <laughs> until the contract runs out in 2018, and he's making 20. He's got, I think, they owe him like another 26 million dollars. So no, you know, quick, I mean, that ain't question, a bad way to go out, man. But you know, as far as a Rod, man, like I said, it's it's disappointing. I think um, he's a great player. Uh, he wanted to be liked. He wanted to be accepted. And I think that's the difference between he and Bonds. Bonds didn't give a F. You know, I, I mean, he didn't. And Bonds still don't care. You know, <laughs> and Bonds didn't. He didn't care that you didn't like him. He didn't care if you wrote stories about him. He didn't care. I mean, everybody, you, you could ask any reporter that covered Bonds over his years, and they'll tell you that Bonds was an asshole. But one thing about it, he could play. And so, you know, it's, like I said, as far as A-Rod, man, it's bittersweet. I would like to, you know, see him go into the Hall of Fame, but I know that's not going to happen. But I'm one who also thinks Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, so, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased. Um, I got a quick question, Kyle. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Per- pertaining to uh, A-Rod and Jeter, I remember when Jeter re- re- retired, um, Skip mm-hmm. Bayless said something interesting. And he was a Yankees fan. I want to ask you this. Skip Bayless was talking about um, how – Jeter didn't even have an ounce of the athleticism that um, A-Rod had, but yet somehow he's in all these record books, he's in all these stats. And I want to ask you is, like, what what separates Jeter? Because he's not an above-average athlete. He's he's, He's very cerebral in the way that he approaches baseball. But A-Rod is mm-hmm. physically gifted, he's fast, he's stronger than right. Jeter. What makes Jeter the captain, and what makes A-Rod the disappointment to Yankees fans? Um, it's simple, man. Uh, 
uh, Jeter's a winner, and he's always been viewed as such, and he's always been viewed as clutch. And so you're right. And I mentioned earlier, A-Rod was a better short. And, and keep in mind, physically, like you said, A-Rod was a physical specimen even before the, the juice. I mean, you're talking about a guy's like 6'3", 225, which is a, a huge – think about somebody about the size of Cam Chancellor for the Seahawks playing shortstop. You, you really can't be that big and yeah. play shortstop because it's a, it's a quote-unquote quick twitch position. You've got to be able to move and be cat-like quick on your feet. Um, and Q, you know this from being six seven. I mean, like yeah. there's certain certain things that you just on a baseball diamond. Like there's other than maybe pitcher. There's really and maybe an outfield, but not in. I mean, somebody six seven. They're not gonna put you <laughs> they, in. They had me in. Outfield but he was just that good. And um, you know, but Jeter has always been classified as a winner. And a Rod, you know, he just was never clutch. Yeah. But just not like Jeter. I mean, like. And you know, and then Jeter had the women too. I mean, let's just keep it one. Jeter had women, you know, and A Rod, you know, he dated Madonna, but she was all washed up and wrinkled and stuff, you know. So, so uh, credit Jeter, you know, he got he got props for his women, but he he remained very private. Like you know, like you couldn't you wasn't you wasn't Snapchatting at at, D, at at Jeter's crib. You know, he was taking your cell phone. You know, A Rod, he get caught slipping, fall asleep. After he didn't hit, you know. Yeah, phone, but, um, he, had a, he had a phone basket. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and that's legendary. The phone basket is legendary. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. I I mean, like, and and to be honest, Q, you ask ten Yankee fans, you might get ten different answers on a ride. Yeah. Some people would call him a bum. Some people love him to death. Um, some people are just in the middle. I like a ride. I just I wish I could have seen him. Yeah. I, you know, and I'll be I'll be the first to admit, man. Yankees fans, we we're spoiled. We're very spoiled. like this time right now is bothersome to us. Like me, like I really don't even want to watch baseball right now because my team ain't in it. So yeah. that's just being spoiled. Because like we we're like you know those bum cowboy fans. We expect to win every year. Well, y'all are the Lakers fans between us and them, we actually MLB. win. They don't. But that's another story for another day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's those are subtle differences, man. I mean, like I said, he was just. He's, he Jeter is known as a winner, and he's known as being clutch. And I just, what'd you say? I said, hey, uh, yeah. The other thing, man, is that I think about our, he's four home runs short of seven hundred. Like, yeah. So I mean, I'd be pissed off if we'll got to retire, you know, without getting seven hundred home runs. He need to go juice up real quick so he can he can go out and get that taken care of. You know, if I was him. <laughs> oh man yeah man it, it was uh it, like i said you you asked you asked people man and, and they you know like i said it's it's, it's some yankee fans that don't like it i like it but uh i mean we we can't cry a river for him. like i said that that director pause is still hitting every two commas and a lot of zeros so even um Want to jump to football real quick, uh, man? We got hyped up the other day, Sunday. <laughs> we got our popcorn ready. The football season. Somebody had tweeted me. I was I just gotten out of church Sunday, and they said, "Man, do you realize that we will have football on every weekend between now and I think the first week of February when the Super Bowl happens?" And I was like, "Yes, man! I can't believe it. Football season is back." 
get amped up, turn to ESPN, and there's no football game. The Hall of Fame game was canceled. Uh, if you missed it, uh, what happened was there was some paint on the field, and um, somebody painted the field, uh, painted the, the middle of the field, and I think the end zones or something like that, and they decided to, after they painted it, the paint wasn't drying or something, so they went and got some paint thinner. And it wasn't working, so they so then somebody had the bright idea to heat the paint. Well, if you know notice on the NFL football field, it's field turf, which is made up of little small pieces of rubber. Well, if you put heat to rubber, it's going to burn. And you can't have a burnt field and players falling on that. So suffice to say, they canceled the game about an hour before the game happened. Um so I'll start right there with you, Ken, man. What was your what was your thoughts when you heard that they actually canceled a preseason game? What the hell? Because I remember looking at it, I was like, oh, yeah, the Hall of Fame game comes on. And I was trying to decide whether or not I wanted to watch it because I really don't um, like preseason like that. So, but I said, you know what, maybe I'll just go ahead and get into get in the mood. And then I saw it was canceled, and I was like, "What the hell? How does <laughs> how does that happen?" Like, and, right. and I'm like, there has to be something. Like, I thought maybe the dome. Like, I don't know where they were playing, but I thought maybe you know there was some structural damage or something like that. This is my first time, Kyle, hearing the story of what happened. And oh man, it was. Awesome. I would imagine that the people that were behind the decisions to do all of the things to rectify whatever it is they needed to rectify with that paint are no longer employed right now. Can't be. <laughs> That's a lot of money that they lost by canceling that game that night. So, you know, there was really no way they could play that game. So, um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, it was really just it. Like, it was – I don't think – like, I've seen games cancel – you know, for what I think, um, like I think when Katrina hit and the dome collapsed, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but because somebody didn't do their job and messed up the field, wow, that's that, that's that's a new one. So I think it's really uh, it's showing us what we can expect for this year, man. It's going to be a crazy football season. Oh, yeah. We might as well get ready. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and get ready because it's going to be crazy. And what's What's interesting is that, and I heard uh, Colts owner Jim Irsay talk about the fact that the stadium is not run by NFL, uh, the NFL by the NFL, and it's not. Uh, the stadium where the Hall of Fame game is played is actually primarily used for high school games um, up in uh, in Canton, Ohio. Uh, there, I think there's, there might be one small college in the area that plays there as well, but um, it's adjacent to the Hall of Fame, and um, you know it's a nice field. You know, it's just. But you you can't and I I started immediately thinking about you know ESPN they they're paying for this coverage of this game and now all of a sudden you got commercials that you gotta fill I mean like think about all the advertising because most people like most of us you know when we found out there was no game we changed the channel you know so um, FIFA what did you think when you heard that they had canceled the game because the field was jacked up man just like him I knew I knew somebody was gonna get let go like. Like the 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 axe was coming for somebody, cause it was just, like how does that happen? Like this is not a third world country. Like this is a multi billion dollar, you know to say conglomerate. 
on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? They have the best show on TV, which is the reason they make the most money. You know what I'm saying? They provide the most mm-hmm. drama. You never know what's going to happen in the NFL. So for this to happen, you know, good thing is it's a preseason game. Um, glad that it's not a regular season game because I don't know what would happen if that happened in the regular season. But, um, you know, it's whatever. We got real play or real <clears> – <throat> we have real preseason games coming and yep. then the regular season right after that. So I'm just ready for football. I'm ready for something on TV. I'm not a baseball guy, not even really that casually. I follow my guys, and that's it. You know, people that know me know that I like players instead of teams, per se. So, you know, I follow my guys, but that's about it, man. Um, I'm ready for some football. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the season. Maybe they were uh, – maybe they used to work for the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> It was a get back. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Q, what about you, man? What did you think when you heard that the uh the game was being canceled? Uh I don't really watch it anyway. Um I'm an Eagles fan. I have no reason to look forward to football season at all. I'm really not that excited. But um I'm excited to see the Steelers and Seahawks, but when when really? it comes to this game, I'm not really You, you don't like man. Carson Wentz? Dude, I'm just not vibing with, with, with what we're doing right now, dude. We have, like, O-Lyman o- is up for 10-game suspension. Jason Peters is 34 years old with a calf injury. Half the O-line is almost down. Jordan Matthews got a sprain. Josh Huff is trash. Nelson Agu- Aguilar has a rape case. Like, it's just all bad right now, bro. I'm just not really vibing with what we're doing. And then we drafted Carson Wentz. And I'm, I'm getting on, on Eagle stuff. I just know I'm, I'm not hyped for this season. But when it comes to this game, I don't really watch it any, anyway. Um, respect to all those who really will love this season. All I know is that Chip Kelly fucked us up, and we are five years away <laughs> from being good and anything. No, nah, but look. look. Okay, <sighs> so with the way I watch football, I'm sorry. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what Carson Wentz can be. I'm kind of excited to see that. Well, he'll, he'll be starting by week 10 because we'll be out of fucking playoff con- contention, so shit, I mean. I think he'll probably start earlier than that. I mean, Bradford, yeah, I the way so his too. fragile ass is, Bradford might get hurt second week. So I don't really know what's, what's, what's going on there. All I know is that my Super Bowl prediction is the same as last year. I mean, I'm really excited to see the Steelers and Seahawks play. They, they're going to be good. And I, I also want to see what Atlanta does, Kyle, because you're talking that talk. Atlanta. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> y'all remember it. I'm glad I still have those. Oh, man. Old oh man. You know what, man? I, I wish I had time to. Man, man, we, you we were so optimistic out. about dude, it. Dude, dude, it was all coming t- together, man. All we had to do <laughs> was get a quarterback in the draft. All we had to do was draft Mariota, and he couldn't get, get it done. That's when I was like, oh, oh, it's over. He has no, no plan. So we're. So we're stuck with Sam Bradford. We got Doug Peterson as coach, who I'm not really so on. I like the defense, but we have no one who can score, no receivers. And it's sad because I think the Redskins have a great chance to win, like, 12 games a season. They, they got Josh Norman. They have a good D-line. You know, you, know what's fun, you know what's funny, Q, is that I was just listening to you, and I thought – 
you were talking about believing in a program in football and in basketball in Philadelphia. <laughs> the fo- hey, the hey, basketball hey, team hey, is closer yeah, to a championship than the hey, football program. Basketball straight. Don't hey hey Kyle, don't go there because exactly. I was the I was process. behind I was always behind Philly the 76ers and process works me, right that that that, that, that process boy Ben Simmons is ready that is process works is Embiid gonna play this year man please tell me Embiid is, is clear play. to go he's clear I to go I saw a YouTube right clip I saw a YouTube clip he looked good he's been working out dude I'm trying to put on like 50 pounds I told yeah. y'all man I I've been trying to tell y'all it, Ken. And B got the stuff you can't teach, man. I've been trying, and they got Ben Simmons got the stuff you cannot teach, man. I know, I know you saw him in summer league. I know you had his. Bro, he had some I saw, I saw him in summer league, bro. Real, real quick, FIFO. I don't, I want to go too off topic, but FIFO, are you up on the point guards in this year's upcoming draft? No, but I Dude. will be. Go ahead, put me on right now. Dude, all right, Dennis Smith, out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. He's Russell Westbrook type of leaper, dude. He can jump out the gym. You got Josh Jackson going to Kentucky. Duke's whole squad is stacked. Jason Tatum has to be the most technically sound small forward I've seen since Carmelo Anthony coming out in 03. You have Harry Giles. He's coming off an ACL tear, but his rehab has been well. He is a 6'11 point forward who can dribble the ball, bring it up the court, He's like Simmons, not as good a passer, but he's very good. You got guys like De'Aaron Fox going to Kentucky also. Scored 50 points in a high school game in 20 minutes. Insane. You have like seven other guys going to Kentucky who I can't even tell you about. Just look up Jason Tatum, Harry Giles, Dennis Smith, Josh Jackson, De'Aaron Fox, and Markel Fultz. Point guard, 6'7". I believe, can jam out the gym, jump out the gym, shoot, defense, technically sound. This is going to be the best draft since 03, I promise you. There are 16 guys in this draft who right now are vying for number one. I got you. My brother been telling me that um this is like one of the deep drafts. This is the one that you want to have all the time. We got three picks. Yeah, so man. what's up? <laughs> Yeah, oh, look, 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 Philly, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. We'll, we'll see, Q. <laughs> Philly is three to five. Oh, away. man. Just like Minnesota. Three yeah. to five. When, when, when you take this route and you establish your core, you are three to five away. Three to five years. And depending on what your front office does, you can expedite the process. Minnesota expedited the process by getting Tom Thibodeau. Because he establishes an identity that travels. Mm-hmm. Defense travels. He has Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, Levine, and I know you've seen the boy Chris the Dunn. boy Dunn, I wanted him so bad. The boy Chris <laughs> Dunn. That boy ready. Oh, he can play. That, he that, can play. That, that is D-Wade 2.0. When I seen him play, I saw D-Wade with a three-point shot, man. That man. boy right there, man. Man. Yo, they are going to play defense again. You better not let Hick can say that. Hick, like, can't you say that? No. Nah, look, look, look. As soon as Ken see it, he'll, he'll no, know. No, I like that. I love that. Dude, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be an MVP discussion this year. Book me on that. I promise you. The way this team is set up, I love this signing that they did for with Cole Aldridge. He was balling low-key for, the, for the, the Clippers. 
He can back up Carl Anthony Towns. Towns is going to be playing the three in two years. His three-point shot is insane. People don't even know that. His game is going to evolve to where he can play three through five and guard one through five. He was the only big man I saw able to stick Steph Curry. I mean, he was keeping up with him. Didn't even have to hand check or anything. He was footwork was insane. The kid is going to be an MVP discussion this year. I promise you. There's he no way. 2010. He, he he was what was he like 16 or 18 and 10 or nine? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's going to be 2010 sophomore year guaranteed. It's insane, man. Mm. Yeah, he, he, he's a monster. And I, I don't think people realize how if, if if Minnesota can keep it together, they they got a nice young squad. And that's the key thing. I mean, especially once teams have success, you know, with the, the salary cap and free agency. But if they can keep it together, yeah, they, they're going they – The cap going up the benefits them. They definitely, of course, of course, definitely, if, definitely. Because definitely, definitely if they have more cash and they can keep guys more. Yeah, the but cap going up definitely helps you keep your young your young players. Their core is definitely uh, Towns, Wiggins, Levine, and Dunn. And, uh, and if they have to make a move, I think they have great trade pieces to cash in on that borderline star. So they have optionality in both places where they can pay their guys if they want to or if they're hit like a ceiling, then they can just trade like a Levine and Dunn for a great, like like a Westbrook or something. There's so many options there, man. So many options. Mm -hmm. Question. The, uh, of course we know the Olympics is going on right now. Um, you, anybody watching this knows that we're huge basketball fans, but we, you know, we, we – Watch other sports other than basketball. FIFA or any other that comes to the Olympic outside of USA basketball that you flock to, you let, let you say, okay, well, look, I gotta see this. You, you said what? Because you broke up. I'm sorry. I said uh, as far as the Olympics go, outside of USA basketball, is there any other sport that you that you is, is like a must see for you as far as when it comes oh, yeah. to the Olympics? Them track boys. Them track boys. I, I need to see them dudes moving them legs. You know what I'm saying? Because Usain Bolt is crazy. <laughs> when you watch them guys, you know, and they have that side view, like like you're like right there, like track side. Man, them dudes is flying. I think I think that because you always got, you know, the 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 the, the regular guys from America, <clears throat> from Jamaica, you know, and uh, from Trinidad. I can't remember the dude's name. You know what I'm saying? But I know one. one, one Tyson Gay. Tyson Gay, uh, Gatlin, what's the uh, no no? It's a dude from Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, he's he, really he, dope. He got dreads. Nah 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 nah. He has like a box fade. Oh, I don't know that guy. Yeah. Anyway, but you know, I, the I I don't know these guys. We you know I I don't know these guys for four years until they come on the screen and dominate mm-hmm. the summer. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I don't follow those guys in the off season like that. Like I do most people don't. Most but, people. Um, but the track, man, track swimming is cool to watch. Um, it's super competitive. Watching Michael Phelps, you know, arguably the greatest Olympian to ever, um, you know, participate in the Olympics, man. Like 19 gold medals, that's crazy. That that's 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 ridiculous. I think that's one of those records in sports that probably will not be touched. That will probably not be touched, man. I, I don't know. It will have to be another swimmer, or right. you know, gymnast somebody or somebody got like that. In early. Yeah, and, and, and that can compete in multiple events. Um, so swimming and track, really, everything else is kind of, all right, cool, I didn't know people did this. 
Like, I don't know, you have three, four years to do that. You know, like, okay. Like, you're professional at this. Like, you get paid to do this back in your own country. Right. Like, you know, kind of crazy. What about you, Q? Uh, other than basketball, any other uh, events that you look forward to seeing? Um, are you talking just USA basketball or just basketball in, in general? Because I watch, like, Croatia and shit play because we got players that we stash over, over there from the Sixers. Um, I watch Croatia play basketball, Spain playing basketball because I like to see the, the, the Gasol brothers, but they're 0-2. Uh, outside of those two, nah, um, I do like swimming. Uh, gymnastics is where it's at. I like seeing them black girls just be great. That's what I like seeing. Like, the fact that... And I don't know if, if this is true, but um, I saw a story on Twitter, and I do not, like, go off the wall because, you know, sometimes people be cheating on Twitter and uh, just lying for, re for retweets. But I saw a story how this Italian girl got mad because she thought the judges gave uh, one of the gymnasts, one of the, I think her Simone Biles or something, she uh, she thought, uh, she's Italian, she thought that the judges gave her an extra point or two just because she was black. And um, that's why I like to see them shut those type of people up. So um, definitely love seeing those gymnastic girls go, go crazy. Uh, her and Gabby Douglas are dominating. Um... Pole vaulting is cool, <laughs> and uh, I do like um, you like soccer. So soccer's dope. Yo, staying on the Olympics, have you guys heard or read um, any of the stories about like? especially like tonight, a couple hours ago, there was um, a bus that was under attack by gunfire. Oh, um, no, I didn't hear like, that. Yeah, it was yeah. a bus full of um, journalists that got attacked yeah. by gunfire out there in Rio. You know, so you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. People, um, they got that Zika out um, there, too. Yeah, that's what I'm going to bring that up, too. They, they dropped the Zika in the hood, by the way. I heard... Coming into the Olympics, that the uh, I'm not playing. That's yes, they got mosquitoes in there. <laughs> yeah. I heard that, that they weren't playing. That they weren't paying the police. So I mean, anything could happen. You oh, know, wow. the thing is, is that um, I have a hard time watching these Olympics. Like I go on like NBC and I'll watch the highlights. I don't watch them live um, because just getting in, like you know, tying in. I have a hard time watching these sports when I know that that, that that there are people over there starving. You know, like there 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 are people over there literally watching like the ceremony take place, and they're live living in huts. And I have a problem watching the Olympics because it's like I saw this painting that somebody did earlier in in the year where it shows this kid. He has on no shoes, and he has on, like, these ripped-up pants, and he has on a, a Brazil jersey watching the ceremony go off, and then he's living in poverty. And there's a story of body parts washing up on the beach. There's stories where, like, this Chinese um, athlete, he was, uh, I think he was a track guy or whatever. He's, he's, a, he's a Chinese athlete. This story is wild. There was a, uh, two guys who approached this athlete, and there's this camera crew who follows around this Chinese athlete because they're documenting his trip from Beijing to Brazil and doing it for a documentary. And these two guys approach him in, in the camera crew. One guy vomits 
on the athlete. And he like he like throws up on him. And the guy's like kind of shocked and he's like, What the hell's going on? So he gets a towel, he's rubbing his face and everything, and the camera crew trying to help make sure that the other guy who who vomited was okay. Meanwhile, the other guy who was with the guy who threw up is stealing the camera crew shit. So he they're oh. running off on the plug. Wow. Meanwhile, the other guy's like, Why'd you throw up on me? And then he just punches the guy and runs off. This is a real story. There are athletes getting mugged. You couldn't have paid me. Steph Curry says he was tired. I do believe that Braun was tired a little bit, but I definitely think that Braun and Steph stayed out because they weren't trying to fuck with that Zika, man. It's, they ain't trying to play games. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, um, real quick, yeah, I'm not watching the Olympics. I don't care about the Olympics. Um... I don't know if that makes me un-American or what, no. but I did see there there are two clips that I saw. Um, one was the dude breaking his his leg and half. Oh that's nasty! That was that was crazy. And then the other one I saw this on J Force's uh, Instagram, and I swear this probably one of the black chicks you guys named, but she did like eight flips, and 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 one she was like running the shit. She hit the little thing and she spinned around like. 50, 11 times and landed like perfect, and that was that that shit was crazy, cause I don't know how you you twist and contort your body like that, like <laughs> you jump, you hit whatever that thing is, you 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 then you spin and then you hit. I'm like, yo, I watched that shit like ten times. I'm like, how do you do that? But outside of the the dream team and and Tommy, I forgot his last name, and, and John, uh, Carlos, Carlos. Uh, outside of that, I, I, you know, I don't really care about the Olympics. Same. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and Tommy, what, as they, always, they, man, they, we have by the way. Go, go ahead, people, I'm sorry. Michael Phelps just won number 20. That is crazy, though, FIFA, about That's crazy, Michael man. Phelps, too. He's a wee head. I mean, dude, it has some medicinal purposes, man. It calms the nerves. I don't want to say. You see that face that he had, though? I think he needed a hit. He needed a hit. Yeah, he turned, he turned his ass in, into a meme. <laughs> what is, so what do you, you want to add USA something basketball? What? I know Q says something. I, I, I was gonna ask FIFA what like he thinks about USA basketball because um Paul George's been going off. He has been. You know, it's always on these Olympic teams the best guy off the bench is gonna be the leading scorer. Mm -hmm. so because because you talk, you talking about you know I'm going against your second string guys and I'm like an elite player in the NBA. What you think is gonna happen? Like D Wade was their leading scorer. Charles Barkley used to be their leading scorer. Typically like the sixth guy off the bench. So you know I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I kind of called it. I knew he was gonna be once I knew the, the starting lineup. Yep. But I feel like I think Jalen Jalen Rose has an interesting point of view. On the Olympics, he says that you shouldn't play more than once. Okay. 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 Um, to kind of keep the crop fresh, you know, and give mm -hmm. more players opportunities to play. I'm cool with that. 
Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, I, I, it's kind of weird seeing Carmelo in there. Yeah, all those yeah, yeah. Okay. Fourth right time. Carmelo he ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is his championship, man. It really. Oh, kids! Like, I got shit else to do during the season, so let's let's get let's get some wins now. Oh man, um, what was that? You made me forget what I was gonna say. Oh uh, yeah, uh, somebody more 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 than once. More than once should play. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I would be okay with that. I think you know it's prior to the dream team. I think we as Americans got tired of seeing teams, our basketball teams, lose like in 88, or um, not bring home the goal, I should say. So I think that's how we got to that point where we were putting professionals in because, I mean, when you're sending college kids and they were playing against grown-ass men and we were taking L's, you know, so that's how it got to the point where we put pros in. So I think we have enough talent where you could get a round of guys and, you know, like this crop right here and come with another 12, you know, four years from now and still be good. I don't think I mean, now, of course, the, 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 the rest of the world is closing the gap, per se. But, I mean, we all know the best basketball is right here in this country. So, of course. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I, I don't but, know if it'll the happen gap. because I know Michelangelo and, and, Spain and is the, coming. Uh, USA Basketball Brass, they enjoy having it the way Canada. that it is. Canada's coming because they got uh, Wiggins and they got a couple dudes in, in this in the up, upcoming draft. But you, know, but you know what the saddest thing is, man? It's sad because they showed a picture of D Rose in the crowd. That shit hurt my soul, dude. Cause this should be his team. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he would be coming right into his prime now. You mean like Chicago should have been his team? Yeah, I mean, shit, man. Like, I they they were like, well, let's cut to the crowd and see what D Rose is doing. It's like he should be on this team, dominated, dude. And it's just sad seeing him. Go through what he's gone through to becoming a spectator. I don't even think James Harden is on this team. And, and where the hell is D Wade? Like, what the fuck? I, I, I guess. I guess. And then too, with the with the Olympics, you got to remember too that it's a that's a long term commitment. So yeah. think about a guy like LeBron, Steph. You know where they played a, a full season, and then yeah, they played a full true. season in a postseason, and then you're going into, you know, two what is it, two and a half more months of basketball, and there's yeah. very little time between the end of the uh, Olympics and your training camp. So mm-hmm. I, I can understand not wanting to play, particularly if you played in the playoffs. But like like Ken said, Carmelo ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do like the fact that players um have to play by other people's rules. Like, there's no goaltending in Venezuela. Oh, yeah, so yeah, It was yeah. funny as shit seeing DeMarcus Cousins knock the ball off the back of the iron and shit. So that's funny to me. But I think there should be a cutoff yeah. age where, like, people shouldn't be playing over 28. Like, if 28 and younger, I'm really down for 26 and younger because then you have a cutoff age and OGs can, can rest for the – because they're about to enter their prime in – I'm not saying Olympics is meaningless basketball, but in the grand scheme of things, do we really do we really weigh Olympic medals like, oh, he's a 10-time Olympian, but he has no rings? So it's like I think we should give the guys who put in the work and really are in in the playoffs. A no, rest, no, you know? no. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. I mean, if right. 
Yeah, if you get a guy like Carmelo who, you know, if he gets four gold medals or three gold medals or how many ever he has, um, no, people aren't going to remember that. They're going to say he didn't win an NBA title. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I take that back. I'm not going to say people won't remember it, but that's not the first thing that they think of. You know what I'm saying? So um, for us to get out of here, but before we get out of here, of course, I got to hit you all off with some one got to go. Uh, compliments of my homeboy, Eclectic. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eclectic, or you can follow him at one, the number one got to go. So um, didn't have any basketball for you tonight or any football, so we do, we're doing a little hip-hop tonight. Got two of them for you. Uh, so, Ken, I'll start with you. One got to go. Big L, Guru, Big Pun, or Sean Price? I'll say that again. Big L, Guru, Big Pun, or Sean Price? One got to go. Ah, I don't even want to do this, man. Uh, I know it. <laughs> but, man, Big big Pun is... Big Pun is nasty. This ain't easy. Like, Big Pun is so nasty, like, don't you people do don't know how good Big I don't think people really, really appreciate Big Pun the way they need to appreciate Big Pun. Uh, he's staying because that first album, man, that shit was like a soundtrack. Oh, super that was, lyrical. That was punishment. That was punishment. That was punishment. Yo, yeah, my like, whole album. I could put that on right now and be riding down the street rapping. Super and I, don't, I don't remember rap lyrics anymore. Not with this stuff y'all got out. Love both. The tugboat. Um. So, <laughs> uh, all right, Big L. You know I'm gonna keep him. Um, Big Van of him. Y'all know the answer. Oh, uh, shut up, Guru. Gotta go, man. Oh. I don't want to do it, man, but I like oh, Sean. Oh, you get rid of Guru? Oh. I love Sean P, man. <laughs> they rem- they reminisce over you, Ken. The bro- the the the, okay. the broken man, what okay. is it? The brokest man a, a lot, man. I, I... Into the stage? Come on, come on, bro. Who you got, Q? Who got to go? I hate to say it, like, it's Sean P, man, like, R.I.P. fam, like, yo, he has to go. And, and it's simple, just like, that. I'm going to break it down real quick. Who has the best albums on this list? L, Lifestyles of the Poor uh, and Dangerous. Uh, uh, Capital Punishment has Super Lyrical on it, classic. Then you got Guru, along with Primo. Yeah, bro, people used to look at Primo Beats as the main event, and then he started to put out full albums of Primo Beats? No, man. That's going nowhere. Sean P, God bless the dead. Like, but nah, dude. They're all dead, Q. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but he's the most recent. Like, those guys are, like, literally like like ghosts in, in, in rap. They're, like, monoliths in rap. These guys, P, he just recently went. So it's like, you know, I don't want to be mad like disrespectful, but P gotta go, man. Man, Helter to Skelter the first album though, yo. <laughs> Come on, man, y'all. What'd you think, Fivo? Sean P. Sean P. For me. Sean P. Because <laughs> he was like the only one I didn't mess with. 
outside of the other three. He can rap his ass off, but his beat selection always threw me me off, man. Something of, of, of about it. And Pun got melodic shit too. That's why I fuck with Pun. Like, still not a player for him. Come on now, that's still going. You know, to court. I can't. I can't cut. You know what I'm saying? I can't cut a, a Hispanic dude off the list now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I gotta. I gotta stay strong for the brown side now. That's what I'm talking about, FIFO. Rep, 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 rep your squad, boy. For, 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 for the brown side, you know what I'm saying? Like we all Puerto Rican biggie, bro. Exactly, exactly, man. Pun's music to me is timeless, and that's hard to do. Okay, that's hard to do, man. Okay, so I just dropped off real quick. FIFO, who did you say got to go? Uh, Sean Price. Okay. Wow. I'm. Uh... Reluctantly, man, I'm gonna say Guru, and I love Guru, and it's t- it's tough, man, because I love Guru, man, but I I got I gotta give Sean P the slight edge over Guru. I mean, I mean, I wish I could tell y'all about how dope a big we we and, and ironically, I mean, if you guys are listening, you see that unfortunately all of these MCs are deceased, but um yeah, and um shout out to Jay the Jet in the chat room. He said Sean P died. Uh, a year ago, uh, mm. wow! I didn't know that. A year ago today, eight eight fifteen. Um, yeah, R.I.P. to uh, Sean P. Uh, last one, one and Q. I think you and I talked about this one on Twitter the other day. One mm. gotta go. Bugging. Q. So I'll, I'll start with you on this one, Q. One gotta go. Scarface, Eminem, Dmx, or Andre three thousand. Eminem has to go. Eminem Man. has to go. Oh, he oh, has oh, to oh. go. Eminem has to go. Give me the floor go. again, because he, he answered really, really quick. That was really, <laughs> really quick. Wait, hold on. Give me that. Run that back one more time, Kyle. Scarface, Scarface, Eminem, DMX, or Andre 3000? I'm going to quantify it simply like this, man. I'm going to quantify it simply like, like this. It's going to come down to DMX and Eminem for a lot of people. Reason why Eminem gotta go, fam, is I just don't relate to his music. Like I, I just don't. Like I know a lot of people think like he's technically one of the greatest rappers of all time. He is hands down one of the best lyricists of all time. But when it comes to content of songs, when it comes to replayability of his albums, I don't find pleasure in listening to a dude talk about how much he hates his fucking mama and how he wants to chop up his girlfriend like that. Like, like, that's just that's just not me. Scarface has the diary. The fix, come on now, you can't miss miss out on that. Guess, guess who's the that? Come on, fam. Incredible. All right, you got Andre, AT Aliens, all, like that speaks for itself. His guest verses are an event for itself. Then, who was the other guy? Oh yeah, DMX. Come on, man. It's dark and it's hell is hot. Is the reason why you have people trying to do the what designer is doing? Except DMX was designer who was actually good. He actually had stage presence. He had those anthems. He had car music. He has three classics up under his belt, man. Eminem, he's fantastic, but dude, I just don't vibe with his music like, like that, bro. He's fantastic. Just can't vibe. I can respect that. I, you know, I respect that. I respect that. You know, when when I okay. hear this one gotta go, I'm thinking more like yeah, legendary status. I don't, I don't yeah. agree, but I yeah. respect. I don't. Yeah, I don't agree. You know, because I'm thinking more like legendary status because Scarface is a legend. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when I look at those four guys, the least. Legend is DMX to me, so yeah. he's the one that has to go, you know, okay. for me, because man, you talking about Andre 3000 and Scarface, you talking about 
two of the best to ever do it, and they from the south. You know right. what I'm saying? So, right. yo, yo, hey, we not even. And then you know you throw Eminem versus DMX. Yeah, I I, I ride to X more, but you know what M did in the game. Yeah. You know, but on, but did M? Let me After Eminem show, did M release a good album? Like, no, no, and I agree. And you know, and you know why? And, and, and you mentioned it because I always said, "What's gonna be his content from here on out?" Because mm. you can rap. We know you can rap, but what you rapping about now? Because you done made the right. money. You don't got the fame, nigga. You don't fuck his. Oh my bad. Forgot where we at. Um, you you good? You, you good? You messing with some broads? And what you rapping about now? You know, like, what's your transition? When you rap about, like, hard gangster stuff, you could always rap about hard gangster stuff because there's multiple perspectives. Mm-hmm. And M is dope, but he had his run. Yeah. But for that run, he was legendary. Oh, I want to hear Ken. First of all, uh, Relapse was dope. Let's stop. That was a whack album. Let's stop. Only you and Mike like that album. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. Come on, dude. Come on. (laughs) Relapse and Relapse and slept on recovery. I didn't really feel relapse. Nobody felt relapse in their right mind. I know what I know. I know people who felt it. I just I didn't feel like I did the other one. I don't know Mike who likes that. Relapse was That didn't mean it was bad though. Anyway, um, I'm sorry, DMS. All right, all right, Ken. So what about you, man? What you got, Ken? I I got DMS, and and I grew up. (laughs) Listening yeah, to DMX, like both of those albums, like even the first three, you you can ride to. After that, you know, he kind of fall off a little bit because you know he he got on that that stuff. <laughs> but um, and then he had the Rough Riders one, volume two was okay. Um, but look, man, I I I, I can't respect anything Q said. How? First of all. Y'all giving this man a pass. He's talking about he can't relate. That was the thing about Eminem that made him so dope. Because you actually think, I'm running around uh, doing shrooms and shit and wanting to kill my parents. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't. I, I can't relate to any shit that Eminem is, is rapping about. But he was so fucking dope in the way he was rhyming and rapping. I didn't say he wasn't. But, 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 but a biggest part to Q's point, though, Ken, is the fact that. He said he can't replay his music now. You go back to Andre through yeah. I know yeah. you go back to Scarface. Yeah. Don't tell I me can you play him yeah. old shit now. But but, what I'm, but 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 that's not the point. I'm not saying that you can, but do you? Do you? Don't lie, Ken. I don't play a lot of old shit. Like, like dude, who is going back to honest, Eminem show? Honestly, and honestly really people, I don't. I don't. And I love Eminem. I but. Com- all right, can I we compare those first three albums? DMX and M, yeah, it's not it's 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 not a wash, dude. Like some say LP versus is dark and as hell is hot. Like come on now. Now I will I'll say this. Now while I don't agree with Q, now for me DMX got to go, and okay. that's tough because I love DMX. Um, but I, I agree with Q. Outside of M's maybe first two albums, and I have all of his albums. Like I, he he doesn't have a lot of replay value for me. I still love him though, and I'm still cop his album. But it's not something that I'm gonna play five, ten years later. I just don't. Um, and like Ken said, I think the the reason why I think DM because all of it. Don't get it twisted. Everybody that we listed on here is, is super lyrical. I wish we would. I wish we would gotten a solo album from Andre 3000. I don't think that's ever gonna happen. 
Um, you kind of did. Well, I, I don't count Speaker Box Love Below. That wasn't. <laughs> Love Below was classic. I, I mean, I'm talking about just an album. Him just spitting. Yeah. I, mean, I ain't talking about singing. Um, but uh, but anyway, just to wrap it up, man, I, I think it's uh, DMX's albums after I think Champion fell off a little bit, and like Ken said, it probably was the drugs. I don't know. But it's still an incredible MC. Still incredible. But of, of these four, DMX got to go. I'm sorry. Flesh of my flesh, Kyle. <laughs> Damn. Gotta go, man. Yeah, it Dude. Gotta go, man. Great Depression, Undisputed. What was the other one he put yeah. out? Undisputed came out in 2012. Dude, the first time. Two in one year. Flesh of my flesh is dark and as hell is hot. Like, come on, bro. It don't matter, dog. Like, I you really gonna you really gonna put Slim Shady LP above Flesh of My Flesh? All I'm saying is that. Like, and then there was X. So dope is that he brought me into a world that I'm not. He brought it you in the crazy white boy world. That's what he brought everybody into. It was, <laughs> once, I, once I felt like a white person. It was good to hear somebody else rapping about it. And I don't have to be in that world. <laughs> he brought you in the oh. mind of a school shooter. Like, what the oh, hell? Like, I, I can't relate to that. He said a school just, shooter. Boy, you stupid. I just can't, man. Yo, update. All right. So, Michael yeah, man. So, 21st. Go ahead. Go ahead, people. Medal. Update. Michael Phelps won his 21st gold medal. Oh, it's damn. crazy, man. It's bad machine, man. Machine, man. 21st. Ain't nobody yeah, gonna touch he, that. He definitely is. So congrats, congrats to him. Um, no, it's it's gonna be a while for somebody to touch that. Uh, well, we're we're up against it, man. We we've come to the end. We it's time for our parting shots. If you guys got any, anybody got any parting shots they want to leave us with before we get out of here? Support Olu Stevens. Just look, look, look that name up. Olu Stevens. Yeah, I don't okay. have anything. Yeah, I don't have anything. Not tonight. We are. We already went over. Yeah. Um. Only thing I'm leaving you guys with is, uh, and I mentioned it at the top, man. Um. Uh. Yesterday marked the 28th anniversary of Straight Outta Compton. Album mm-hmm. drop. Uh. So, if you I, I mean, people talk about you know music and, and albums being classics, and I'll be honest, I bought it the day that it came out. <laughs> um, I didn't think it was going to, you know, if, if you would have told me that day that it was going to be a classic, I would have told you it was crazy. But um, the first thing that they said on there is that you're about to witness the strength of street knowledge, and that was the truth, and that's what it was. And, and that music, that album in particular was groundbreaking. And I think, you know, particularly for those of you, especially, you know, everybody that watches this that loves hip-hop, you know, uh, don't be so quick to call something a classic. You know, let it let it sit for a little while, but also, you know, appreciate the music, man. Just look at some of the music that you're listening to and ask yourself, 28 years from now, are you still going to be rocking to it? If you can honestly say that, then you might be listening to a classic. But trust me, you don't know it's a classic when the first time you hear it. So that's all I got. A damn show ain't playing any of J. Cole shit 20 years from now. Man, you better stop playing with that, man. <laughs> Hey, y'all should be, be proud trolled. of me. I actually listened to uh, uh, Khaled's album. Y'all better like, make that man retire, bro. Stop. I got through. I got through four songs, Q. You should be proud of me. 
Man, the first four are the best songs on the album. What's the one with, with Jay, Kendrick, mm-hmm. um, Cole, yeah. and Nas? Nas? Nas bodied that shit, by the way. He did. Yeah, I, and that's about as far as I got. Right after the Nas song, I had to turn it off. You, you, no, no, look, look, look. You got to skip to number 11. It has Jada Kiss, Fabulous. Oh, that, Joe, oh, that, oh, that Cypher? Um, yeah. Okay. And, um, uh, uh, D, the last dude is DJ Khaled's artist. I can't remember. No, it's Fat, it's Fat Joe, Jada Kiss, Buster. Buster's right. on there. Yeah, no, okay. but there's a new cat on there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kent Jones, Kent right? Jones. Yes. That dude, yeah. he bodies the track, too. He I've heard of him. I've heard him. Okay. But real quick, real okay. quick. Have y'all okay. seen um? Have y'all seen that trailer for that new Tupac movie coming out called All Eyes on Me? It's like in the vein of um, like the Straight Outta Compton thing. It was, I think it's Directed by Benny Boom, they got the guy. Um, I think he was in the Straight Outta Compton movie. If I'm not, he looks damn near just like him. You can look him up um, at Straight Outta. I think it's All Eyes movie or whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. they got um, they got the girl from Walking Dead playing uh, a Feeny, and it actually looks good, man. It, it does look good. It's coming out October. I think it's like 23rd or something. But I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for that because Notorious was terrible. But hopefully they do this one right. Yeah, um, they shot they shot that here in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't know when they finished wrapping it up, but I heard about it. and I've heard good things about it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a good movie. I don't know. If, I mean, if it'll be as good as Straight Outta Compton, I hope so. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, Atlanta is like a film film capital, man. Everybody films here. Mm-hmm. No doubt. doubt. But that's going to do it for this week. So for our boy Q that came through, my man BZ430, and my man Ken, and my man FIFO, I'm your host 12Kyle. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. Peace.